Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. This week, we're taking a trip to the grasslands of Africa, where this animal likes to live in cool tunnels, escaping the heat of the midday sun. Known for standing on their hind legs to survey for danger, this creature may have cat in its name, but it's not a cat at all. So get ready to start digging, because we're going underground to talk about meerkats. The meerkat's scientific name is Suricata suricata, and they're in the Herpestidae family. Other members of the Herpestidae family are the many species of mongoose, with the meerkat being a small type of mongoose. Meerkats are found in Africa, and the habitats that they live in are grasslands and deserts. They're mammals, just like us, and they look kind of like weasels with gray and brown fur. They have thin fur and darker skin on their stomachs, which makes it easier for them to control their body temperature. If they're too cold, they'll sunbathe on their backs. If they're too hot, they'll lay on their stomachs on cooler rocks. Meerkats don't grow very large, only reaching body lengths of 9 to 11 and a half inches and weighing in at about 2 pounds, but their tail measures around 7 and a half inches, and the males are actually smaller than the females. Meerkats are known for the upright posture that they adopt to look over their homes, and you may know what a meerkat is from watching The Lion King because Timon was a meerkat. But unlike in the movie, they spend most of their time underground. Meerkats are burrowing animals that live in extensive burrows made of a tunnel and room system. Their claws are non-retractable and really long to help them dig. These tunnels are able to stay relatively cool while the ground above is extremely hot because of the intense amount of sunlight. The outside temperature might be above 100 degrees Fahrenheit, but the tunnels will be a nice 73 degrees. And even though they're really great at digging, meerkats often take over the burrows dug by other burrowing animals. Each burrow has around 15 entrance and exit holes, with multi-leveled tunnels and chambers going down as deep as 6.5 feet underground. They even have a specified bathroom and feeding chamber. Any group of meerkats, which is called a mob, will likely have multiple burrows in a given territory, and they move between them every couple of months. Some of their biggest predators are birds, and young meerkats are so terrified of these birds that the single sight of an airplane will drive them underground. And they have some really cool adaptations that allow them to dig and live the majority of their lives underground. They have a special membrane that covers and protects their eyes from dirt while they're digging. This nictitating membrane is sometimes white or translucent, and it acts as an inner eyelid. You can also see this membrane in birds, reptiles, and some other mammals. Not only does it protect their eyes from dirt, but it also keeps their eyes moist. Other adaptations that help meerkats survive their harsh environment 
are dark patches around their eyes to prevent the glare from the sun. They also have longer horizontal pupils that help to give them a wider range of vision, and their ears can close to keep sand out of them. But what do meerkats eat? Well, we're going to find out right after the break. The science word that I want to talk to you about today is homeostasis. Homeostasis can apply to many different scenarios, but it basically means keeping a balance within the body. Our body does a lot of things to maintain homeostasis. For example, we have to keep our body temperature at around the same level. So if our body gets too hot, we start to sweat, which cools us down. Okay, we're back. So as the San Diego Zoo says, no prey is safe from the meerkat. They're extremely good hunters, and sometimes they can even be tamed by people to catch rodents. They have an amazing sense of smell that allows them to find food even when it hides underground. And when they smell the food, they'll start digging until they find it. Meerkats are omnivores and will eat all kinds of meat and plant matter. They'll eat spiders, snails, rodents, birds, eggs, lizards, scorpions, snakes, and various fruits, roots, or tubers. So not much is off limits. Most of the time, meerkats have to find food on their own, but sometimes they get help from their group when they're trying to secure a larger meal. So as you can tell, they have a pretty adventurous diet. And they've even been observed killing and eating venomous snakes and scorpions because they've built up some resistance to their venom. This immunity or resistance to venom can also be seen in other species of mongoose as well as the radal, more commonly known as the honey badger. Their hunting grounds take up about four square miles, and they like to hunt in a different section of their territory every day, usually cycling through their entire territory in about a week. This makes it so that they don't overhunt in a specific area, giving enough time for a section of their territory to replenish a little bit. In addition to their crazy diet, they're also able to survive without drinking water. And this is because they get all of the moisture that they need from eating roots, tubers, and fruits like the Sama melon. Foraging for food usually takes between 5 and 8 hours of their day, and meerkats will space out to hunt while maintaining contact through vocalization. Smaller prey is dug up and eaten, but larger prey will be beaten with their claws and torn to shreds. They're extremely possessive of their meals, and they'll have to defend their food from threats that may include members of their own mob. In captivity, people will feed them a kind of meat mix, dry cat food, apples, vegetables, mealworms, crickets, and worms. Meerkats live in a matriarchal society, meaning that there's a dominant female who runs the group. She can have several litters each year, and she usually has one to eight pups in a litter. The dominant male usually gets the first pick of mates while stopping other males from mating. To initiate mating, male meerkats will fight for the attention of the females. While meerkats can have many litters in a year, They're usually born around the breeding season, which takes place between August and March, during the warm and rainy season. But breeding can occur outside of this time, depending on their food availability. Meerkat pups are born weighing about an ounce, and having very little hair, and their eyes and ears are completely shut. 
After they're born, the pups develop really quickly. They're blind until about two weeks after they're born. By three weeks, they can start eating more food besides their mom's milk. And at four weeks, the pups may take the first trip outside of their den. And by the ninth week, they're usually fully weaned. The young meerkats can't usually tell the difference between what food is safe to eat and what foods they should avoid. They learn this behavior from their mothers and other adults in their mob. The mother will bring whole insects or small vertebrates with them and wait for the pups to eat them so that they can learn what food is good for them. She'll even bring home scorpions with their tails bitten off so that her children will learn to kill scorpions without getting hurt. These lessons are extremely important because while adult meerkats are usually able to handle a scorpion's sting, the pincers can pose a serious threat and do a lot of damage to both adults and young meerkats. But the father will also care for the pups, and even non-breeding individuals will occasionally take turns watching them as they grow up and learn to fend for themselves. They need to be protected because animals like snakes might come in and eat them but they're also at risk of being killed by neighboring meerkats who want to prevent the enemy's tribe from growing too large as it would make it harder to take over their territory. But even within groups, individuals are competing to be the ones who have pups. What's crazy is that the dominant female can do things that stop the other females from becoming pregnant. The dominant female meerkat has an extremely high amount of testosterone, even higher than the male's. This causes them to be really aggressive towards other females, and they could even exile females from the group if they become pregnant. In turn, it makes the other females really stressed, causing them not to be able to mate. This does have some drawbacks for the dominant females, though, because the high levels of testosterone can weaken their immune system. And in the wild, meerkats can live to be around 8 years old, but in captivity, they can live to be around 13. Okay, we're going to take our last break, and when we get back, we'll talk about the social structures of meerkats and why they're important to the ecosystems that they live in. Time for today's trivia question. What is one of the most endangered species in the world? A. The Javan rhino. B, the kangaroo, C, the prairie dog, or D, the saltwater crocodile? The correct answer is A, the Javan rhino. There are fewer than 70 Javan rhinos left in the world, making them one of the most, if not the most, endangered animals. Meerkats are very social animals, and they live in their burrows with multiple family groups assembled into a supergroup called a mob, as we talked about earlier. Mobs can be as large as 40 individuals with a dominant pair that produces most of the offspring, but most mobs are usually only around 10 to 15 individuals. Meerkats don't usually like individuals from other groups being in their territory, but they have been known to take in individuals outside of their own groups and will occasionally share burrows with the yellow mongoose. Meerkat mobs often have overlapping territories, and they're very territorial. 
When a group encroaches on another one's territory, they meet on a battlefield for a fierce face-off. Both sides know just how costly it could be if they do go to war, so they often try to avoid conflict as much as possible. To prevent fights from breaking out, one side will usually attempt to employ several strategies such as posturing to look scarier or bluffing. Their battle strategies are eerily similar to those employed by humans throughout history. Both sides will line up across the field from one another and charge towards each other at the same time with their tails held straight up in the air. They also leap at each other, throwing their legs up behind them while arching their backs. And the battles may end in death, but a lot of the time, the side with the most threatening display will scare the opponents away. When members of the mob are out foraging for food, several of them serve as lookouts. The lookouts keep their eyes to the sky to watch for hawks and eagles. These birds can snatch them right up, so the job of the lookout is extremely important. When a bird of prey is spotted, the lookouts will let out a signal to take cover. And when they hear the call, they'll take off to the nearest bolt hole. Bolt holes are tunnels with wide openings that can hold a lot of meerkats at once. And meerkats remember the location of thousands of bolt holes in their territory and will be able to find the nearest one at the first sight of danger. When in the presence of predators, they'll also kick up dust to cover their escape, or they'll group up to look like a bigger animal, discouraging the predator from attacking them. Meerkats are diurnal, meaning that they're primarily active during the day. They like to sunbathe and groom other members of their gang. And we already mentioned that meerkats are burrowing animals that spend a lot of time underground, especially during their formative years. In their burrows, meerkats like to sleep in big piles. They use a variety of vocalizations like barks, whistles, squeaks, and many more. And one of the noises is a low peeping noise that's known as the watchman's song. And it's used to announce the beginning of their shift for guard duty. And the members of the group won't start their guard duty until they've eaten their fill. So the lookouts aren't necessarily acting out of kindness. Meerkats are currently doing pretty well in the wild, as there are no major threats to their overall survival. According to the IUCN Red List, meerkats are listed as of least concern because their populations are stable. There is some habitat loss, but it doesn't attribute to significant population dips. And as we talked about before, their biggest threats are aerial and terrestrial predators. And that's one of the reasons why they're so important to the ecosystems that they live in. And they're not just a prey species, they're also a predator that can control their prey's populations. And there are some awesome organizations that you should definitely take a look at that help meerkats and the habitats that they live in. For example, you can symbolically adopt a meerkat through the World Wildlife Federation, which helps them to raise money for global conservation efforts. You can also take a look at Fellow Earthlings Wildlife Center in California. It's a nonprofit organization that takes care of orphaned, injured, and sick meerkats coming from zoos around the country. And you can check out the organization African People and Wildlife, which works to help conserve Africa's habitats. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of meerkats. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at onwildlife.org. You can also email us with any questions at onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. 
And you can follow us on Instagram at on underscore wildlife or on TikTok at on wildlife. Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another awesome episode. And that's on wildlife. You've been listening to on wildlife with Alex Ray. On Wildlife provides general educational information on various topics as a public service, which should not be construed as professional, financial, real estate, tax, or legal advice. These are our personal opinions only. Please refer to our full disclaimer policy on our website for full details. 